All the roll and go. Where am I to go, me Johnny? Where am I to go? For I'm a young and a sailor lad, and where am I to go? Hello, and welcome to Where Am I To Go podcast. Today we are with Leslie. We are at the Pioneer and County Museum. What's that? City County Museum. Okay, the Pioneer City County Museum in Sweetwater, Texas, which is in Nolan County. So I guess it's covering the city and the county. And Leslie's going to cover the whole thing because she is knowledgeable and will help us understand what's going on here. Now, to begin with, uh, as we came into Sweetwater, we noticed an interesting sign that said the world's largest rattlesnake roundup. I'm going to leave that as a hanger because we will end up talking about that at some point in time in this museum. But uh, anyway, welcome to Where Am I To Go podcast, Leslie. Thank you. So tell me about the, the house here that the museum is housed in. This is a historic home that was built in 1906 by Judge Raglan for his wife, Luella. They were a very wealthy and influential family. Um, some of the first pioneers to come and settle here in Sweetwater. And they built this home and had their four children raised here. And after they both passed away, a family that moved in, their last name was Patterson. He was a mortician and turned this into a funeral home. So they lived upstairs like a little apartment. They had their morgue in the basement and they ran their business here for years. And finally, in 1975, the family built a funeral home just down the street and they put this building up for sale. And Judge Raglan's grandson purchased it and donated it to the city and county to become a museum. Wow. So it's been a museum since 1976 here. Okay, so it was a residence, a mortuary. Yes. And then a residence again. Yes. And now a museum. Yes, sir. How cool. And this is a, a big building. It there, is. There's, there's a lot of, of house here. Yes. It's almost 7,000 square foot. Wow. And we have almost every space filled. So You do. And you have a lot of items in here. When I was looking at the website, it said, what, 55,000? And it's grown. So, and yes, we have, we have so much. You do. And just, just kind of walking in, you have a lot. Now, when you first walk into this museum, you have your registration area, and then you have it set up with a dining room and a sitting parlor and all the things that you would expect to see there, a table with setting on it. You've got a really nice uh, cabinet with all of the silverware. And when I talk silverware, I'm talking pictures and, and butter holders and uh, whatever. <clears throat> You've got an organ uh, in the in the parlor, a couch, and an old record player. All of that type of stuff is how it would be set up when it was a house. Now, yes. were these furnishings here when uh, when you guys acquired it, or were these brought in at a later point in time? They have been co been collected over the years. A group of historians started collecting things for the museum in the, in the '60s, okay. and they were housing it in the old Johnson Funeral Home. So this is actually the second funeral home to have our museum in. How does so, that work? <laughs> <laughs> it was the available building, so they, they were able to start collecting then. So we've accumulated everything over time, and we do try to keep the main house to look staged as, as it would during the time that the Raglan family would have lived here, including the upstairs portion. 
Oh, and, and you've got several levels here in this house. Yes, there's four total levels, and we have the basement, the first floor, second floor, and attic. No, we don't have the attic to where it's accessible, but we do have storage in there. So. Okay, so the best way to see this museum is look at the main floor first, or and then go downstairs, upstairs, or what's the best way to see it? We typically do that. We typically cover the main floor, and we come back to the front, go down in the basement, and then check out upstairs. Okay. Well, let's let's start here, right where we're at. Okay. Is there any particular pieces in this first area that I've described that are notable or, or backstories or anything that might be interesting? Yes. So most of this is just donated by different residents of Nolan County, but we do have the large hutch that belonged to Luella Ragland. Her family came by wagon in the late 1800s to Nolan County, and this was part of her family heirloom. Really? Yes. And this came by wagon? To my knowledge, it did. That is interesting because this is one of those uh, display cases that has the rounded glass and a big drawer or door in the front that's all glass. And it's all leaded uh, glass. Uh, what do I want to call that? Uh, cut glass with leaded almost like a stained glass window, but it's not stained glass, so I can't use that term. Uh, and they hauled that on a wagon. It's amazing with as yes. rough as those wagons roll that they ended up with all the glass still being intact. Yes, sir. A few interesting things about the, the house part of the museum that I like to show is we do have hidden staircases. Hidden staircases? Yes, they were known as servant stairwells. Okay, and so did so, they have servants working here? There's no record of it, but just the way the house is built, I would assume that they did. Okay. Um, so this one actually leads down to the basement. Um, sorry, I can't open the door fully there. We've got some stuff in the way, but... And this is a real narrow door, maybe two foot wide, and a narrow staircase that goes down into the basement. Wow. During the and time the Raglins lived here, that would have been where she stored a lot of her food because it was cool in there. And so she actually passed away down in that basement. She was putting away her vegetables and she had a stroke and died. Um, this was also the, whenever this house was a funeral home, this was the embalming room. So, down in the basement? Yes, sir. Okay. So this has the panel in up. This is what Mr. Patterson put up because he used this for his office. He could just go right down into the embalming room and work, or he could take this staircase and go upstairs, and his home was right there. So oh, this one wow. is hidden and goes straight to the top there. Again, these are, these are hidden. They look like closets or what you would think would be just mm -hmm. a closet in the door or in the room, and you open up the door, and there's a staircase. Yes. That would be really convenient, I guess, if, if yeah. you're working here. And, and what a wonderful thing to be able to live in a mortuary. <laughs> they were also in the 50s. It was very common in the 40s and 50s. They were the ambulance service. Right. So they would, you know, they had the oxygen tank in the hearse. And if you needed to be transported, they would call the funeral homes and they would go pick people up in the hearse. Okay. I, I understand that to be the case, and I've always wondered if you were in an accident and you had the EMT show up and they were running both the ambulance service and the mortuary service, my first question is, which one pays more so I know which way I'm going? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Seems like a conflict of interest, but that's just my point of view. Exactly. 
Now, in this in this office area, you've got this set up more like a pantry or a kitchen area. You've got yes. a wood cook stove. You've got an old uh, oak ice box. You've got a, a Hoosier that has the upper doors and the uh, working space on it with the rolling pin and grinder and eggs and and another cabinet that's kind of set up the same way with with those types of things yes sir this would have been the raglan's kitchen oh this so, would have been the kitchen yes. i thought you said oh the raglan yes sir so but the, the mortician's office yes it can Got be it. confusing because we did have two families <laughs> that lived here so it traditionally when the house was built this would have been the kitchen okay because in this would have been like her basement she stored her food right and you had the butler's pantry on this side if you stepped out you would have been outside this we've added on, but this, you would have been outside right here. You can see the bricks to the okay. home, and they would have had a cistern out here. So that's kind of how it functioned then. Okay. And so whenever they they originally started just holding funeral services in here when it was a funeral home, but they realized soon that they needed a chapel. So that's what the rest of this is. This is all added on afterwards, and this big room that we're going to go in is the funeral chapel. Okay. So. Okay, and as we walk down this hallway, it's it's a long hallway, probably fifty foot long, and you have all kinds of pictures hanging on the wall. I'm sure of Sweetwater back in the heyday when. Yes. Uh, that looks like early 1900s. Uh, lots of different pictures of I'm sure the old homesteaders or people that, yes. and an old hearse. Yes, You've got a so 19. This is you, I don't know if you recognize the house here, but right. this is the this is this house. This was Patterson Funeral Home, and there's the hearse there. And it's a 1946, looks like Cadillac hearse. Yes, and this was Mr. Patterson. Okay. That he's the one that ran the funeral home here, and so our hallway, our goal here, you can see we're redoing it right now. But we are trying to get all the first settlers of Nolan County. The one behind you is Thomas Tramble. They called him the father of Sweetwater. He really did a lot for the community, the okay. growth of the community. He's the one that built the first bank here. He built it because at the time, a lot of the men would store their money in the saloons. <laughs> and one of them was robbed and we had two people killed okay. in that robbery. So he built the, the bank and then here's his second one right next door. I think a lot of people still keep all their money in the saloons. Yes. <laughs> Boy, how things haven't changed. Yes. <laughs> Our lake is named for Thomas Tremel also. We have Tremel Lake, so. Oh, I was going to say, I thought it was Sweetwater Lake. We have We're to. staying in the campground, which is a municipal campground, yes. really reasonably priced and a really nice area. Yes. Uh, if you're coming through Sweetwater and looking for a place to spend the night, it, it's pretty nice place. Yes. He, so, yes, we have Sweetwater Lake and Trammell Lake. Okay. And His then, former home was our very first hospital. He, he built a home that was a 14-bedroom, six-bath home. And after his death, it was Sweetwater's very first hospital. I guess it goes to show that the banking business is better than the saloon business. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then we just, walking down through here, we just have pictures of lots of your early settlers, pioneers. Uh, lots of neat pictures. Uh, pictures of the old town. There's a picture here with uh, a whole bunch of old Model T's all parked around a garage building, it looks like. And this one here almost looks like there was maybe an auction going on or some sort of community event. There must be three or four hundred people standing in front of Hubbard's store. These are some neat old pictures. Really neat old pictures. 
<clears throat> and I like the way you guys have them displayed. This hallway is wide enough that you can yes. see both sides. It's not like you're standing right on top of, of the pictures. Yes. Okay. So this way is the chapel. If you okay. want to come in here. Let's go in here. You can still see wow. the setup of how... This it, is a big chapel. It really is. This There's is probably, stage. what, uh, 25, 30 by 45 or 50. It's big. It still has, you can see the stage and how it was set up with the cosmetic lighting and everything that would have been over the caskets. Um, now, the furnishing, it came from our courthouse um, that was demolished in 1976. So we've, Sweetwater's on its fourth courthouse. It's always been in the same place. But we've had our first one that didn't even last a year. It rained and the wall just fell. What? Our second one burned. And then we had our third one that they demolished and rebuilt since it wasn't big enough. Wow. You guys have a history of flood and fire. We do. How did the wall fall down after only being built for a year? That's, it. That's crazy. They said it was built really faulty. Imagine and, that. Yes. <laughs> so wow. They did take some of the bricks of it to build the second one. Okay. And, and some of the furnishings in here, it looks like a judge's desk. Yes. And then you have uh, the witness chairs and the jury uh, set up from that courthouse. Yes. And some of these doors, they came from it. You can kind of oh. see the architecture that's very beautiful. I like the way that you have incorporated those into this display. These doors are very elaborate, uh, big doors like what you'd see in an old courthouse. And they've managed, to, they've got an arch at the front of the mortuary, but they've managed to put these doors in on both sides. And it just looks really, really classy the way they've got it done. This is cool. And our artwork that you see displayed is all done by local artists. Okay. And it kind of follows the progression of Nolan County where you have the buffalo and you have the Native Americans, and then the first settlers, and the cattle, the railroads. This was the very first setup in Sweetwater. It's Oak Street now, but it would have been called Rat Row. It had the saloons in that first bank there. Okay. And then you have the ca cattle, cotton, oil filled, kind of just. And all of these murals are about four by five or four by six. And they have all of the, the different uh, paintings in history. Again, I won't try to describe any artwork. It's, it's beyond my capabilities to describe, but we have a buffalo scene, a native scene, the early uh, town scene, a bighorn uh, cow, not bighorn, longhorn, get my sheeps and my cows mixed <laughs> up, and uh, windmill and co people picking cotton. These are all really nice murals, and it, and it really adds to this room. This is interesting here. So Elvis Presley, he performed in Sweetwater three times at really? the auditorium. We've only had it documented here twice in this, but he was here three times, and he played this piano. Right here? Yes. It was in the auditorium, and we had it donated to our museum, and... It is said that this is the one that he played. So him and Jerry Lee Lewis, lots of these guys, uh, the, they traveled the Bankhead Highway okay. on tour, and the Bankhead Highway went right through Sweetwater. So they would often stop here and perform. Wow. That's pretty cool. So Jerry Lee Lewis played this piano too. I haven't been told, but um, you, it could be. <laughs> I haven't been okay. told he did, but maybe. I don't know how you'd carry a piano everywhere you went, but maybe he did. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he very well could have played it. Huh, that is, that's really interesting. 
So we just have some different setups here. We have um, our local doctors, um, one of our barber shops, and we have our saloon, our SD Myers. He's a very interesting person that really helped the growth of Sweetwater. He was a famous saddle maker. Okay. He was the, he's the one that designed the quick draw holsters that the Texas Rangers use. Okay. Um, he, he made saddles for a lot of the uh, Western movies that was made and got to meet a lot of movie stars. Um, but he, during his time in Sweetwater, he had his saddle shop, but he was also the mayor. He's the one, he cleaned up the town in a lot of ways. Okay. And he had fire hydrants installed, utilities ran through, he built a city hall. So he was a very forward thinker. He was. And That's... he had been injured as a young man, but during World War One, since he couldn't serve, he made the saddles and things and just everything was donated free of cost to... The Calvary. The war, yes. Wow. That's impressive. That is really impressive. And they've got a full-sized uh, horse mannequin that they have a saddle on. Now, are these all saddles that he made? They are. They are. Okay. And um, a lot of this, this is his leather work that he did. Okay. He made the purses. This is his daughter, Melrose. He made purses and things for her and gloves. Must belong to him. Wow. The horse was used to display his saddles in his shop. Okay. His new saddles he would make. He would have it displayed there. Wow. He'd have to almost have a ladder sitting next to it. This is this is a big horse mannequin. It's probably 16 hands tall, I would assume. Very and, heavy, uh, too. And so trying to sit on the saddle, you just about have to have a... Uh, ladder to get up to it yes. in order to test your saddle to see if it was going to really fit you right. Wow, that is amazing. That is really cool. And these over here are his saddles also, I'm assuming? Yes. Now, did he build the side saddles also? I believe he did. I know for sure that this one's his and this one. And I'm still looking up some of the records on these because I just brought these up. They had been okay. in the basement in storage. So I just brought them up. So I'm still looking through the records for these. But I'm pretty sure that they're his too. And these are side saddles where the ladies could ride in their skirts lopsided on a horse. I don't, yes. <laughs> uh, the, the, the concept of riding a side saddle is beyond my comprehension. Even though I have actually seen it done, my daughter can ride side saddle, but uh, I don't know how she stays balanced. It's, it seems like you just tip over. It looks very difficult. It does. <laughs> and this piece came out of one of our saloons. Wow. Um, so they added the mirrors here, because like I had said earlier, the first murder in Sweetwater happened in a saloon where two people were killed. So they put the mirrors in so they could make your drink and still see behind them. So was it the bartender that was killed? Yes, it was the, the two gentlemen that was killed on the bar. They were brothers. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. And so did they catch the guy that killed him? I believe they did. Um, it doesn't say a whole lot about that in the article. It just kind of goes into how that Thomas Trammell built the bank for that purpose. But it doesn't go real deep into what happened after that. Really? Okay. And here's our Rattlesnake Roundup room. Okay, Rattlesnake Roundup. I said we were going to... Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. As we walk in here, there's a rattlesnake that looks like it's probably about five or six foot long that's all ready to strike, and some guy with a little snake uh, catcher whatever uh, trying to get a hold of it, and then they've got a couple of other stuffed rattlesnakes down here on the ground. And 
jackets, I guess that they must make a new jacket every year? Yes, sir. So the Rattlesnake Roundup, it started in, um, well, some of the founding members began for the JCs in 1939, but they actually started doing the Roundup in 1958. And so um, this is Bill Ransberger, the one that you see here. He did the safety demonstrations for the Roundup. He was bit, his son has told me, 46 times. Oh, is that all? Yes, no. that's all. He didn't. He snake handled for 35 years. They said only six bites were wet bites. Oh. Um, huh. So, <laughs> but he died of old age, so he was okay. Um, so he has, him and his wife were very involved for many years. His son grew up in it, and he handled rattlesnakes for a while. Okay. And then you've got co coats all the way around the top. Yes. And this started when, 19? It was uh, 1958 was when the first roundup started. We make a big event of it every year. You'll see the contestants for Miss Snake Charmer. The girls do a pageant, and they, they win a scholarship. Really? Um, so that's every year. We have flea markets, cook-offs, carnivals, parades. It's really a big deal for Sweetwater. And it's always the second weekend in March every year. Okay. And now this the, the people just show up here whether they have experience chasing snakes or not? They People can go with the JCs on guided hunts. Okay. Um, you can go in the pit with one or two snakes with a JC, and they will you know, let you take pictures with them. You can skin snakes, but it all is very, you know, you're monitored closely what you can do. But um, you, you can go experience it. You can go out on the hunts. And, and how many snakes do they catch every year? I would have to look up the number. Um, yeah, you know, they, they do contests for the longest snake, you know, all these things. And so people win cash prizes and things like that. It's they make it into a pretty fun weekend. And how everybody. many people show up here for this event? Oh, goodness. We have people from all over the world. I've had people visit the museum that was here for it from Germany, all over the United States. They come from everywhere. To chase rattlesnakes. Okay. Yes. And now for the big question. How busy are the hospitals that week? <laughs> <laughs> more, you know, more so for just little things people you know at the fairgrounds but never for the snake bites so people don't get bit while no. they're out chasing them no it's been a pretty safe and is this a situation where they open up all the farmland around here and everything else or is it just kind of condensed in one smaller area how our, our jc's that are very trained they can go out and actually gather them from different areas like that when they take groups they're gonna it's gonna be somewhere where they've designated and they will keep you safe as you go out there. Okay. And they will teach you, you know, even the safety demonstrations, they're very educational. So they always take our school children because if you're raised here, you need to know what to do if you encounter a rattlesnake. So they teach children that they don't see you. They feel the vibrations from you and your, sense your body heat. So if you ever encounter one, you get really still. And okay. they won't strike unless they're threatened. And so they, it, it is very educational, very important to learn. Okay. Now, when we came here, she showed me a couple of pictures of what she called the pits. And it looked like the rattlesnakes were about three feet deep in a, what I would call a round corral for horses, probably yes. 25 to 30 feet round. 
and it was just full of snakes, yes. really full of snakes. Like, I have no idea what you would do with that many snakes. And then I asked how many snakes are still left after this roundup. And go ahead and talk about that. It still can be an issue in our community. We have the men that work in the oil field. If they move the tank batteries, there'll be lots of rattlesnakes under them. There's times where people have to call out the JCs because they find them underneath their houses or in their attics. We recent last summer we had a, an elderly woman. Uh, her ceiling caved in because her attic was full of rattlesnakes. No, they are still an issue in town. We've had them in our grocery stores. We've had them at our schools. You know, they're still an issue. Luckily, we don't have a whole lot of bites. There was. Um, a town about 40 miles from us where a child was bitten last year. And then we had a lady in Blackwell, which is about 30 miles from here, was bitten. But you don't hear of a lot. Okay. Now, you said a lady had her ceiling cave in because there was rattles. Yes. How long did it take her to get out of her house? Pretty good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That is crazy. Yes. So it's definitely still an issue here. <clears throat> And then, then, then you were saying that they use the rattlesnakes, that, that most of them are probably killed. Yes. But they use the rattlesnake skins for boots and they clothing do. and... Belts and just all sorts of things. And then they take the venom and use it for medical studies, for like um, cancer treatments and things. So it, there are some benefits to it. It's not all being wasted. Um so that's Getting rid of that many snakes seems like it might be a benefit. Yes, sir. But but I'm talking from a point other than a, a sympathetic environmentalist at yes. this point in time. I'm talking about a person that's very leery of snakes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's just amazing. After 70 years, you still have that many snakes when they've been hunted that, that yes, hard. Yes, sir. Wow. Okay, so we're coming back through the the old chapel part. As we exit this door, there's a small room here that I have recently been working on um, to create our military room. Okay. A lot. We had a very small section for our military, and we had albums full of pictures of the, our local men that never made it home for more. So I decided to get them in frames and get them put out on the wall and some information about them. And so this is something I've been working towards. I'm also working with some of our local veterans because as I was looking at um, what all we have, we have a lot from World War I to an even Desert Storm, but there's not much from Vietnam. And so I've been talking to a lot of our local vets and trying to get some stories and some photos because um, we want to remember them. Definitely. We want to honor them. And then you've got a sign up here or a logo from uh, the Women Air Force Service Pilots of World War II, the WASPs. Yes. And there is a WASP Museum there is. here in, St in Sweetwater. And we are going there after we get through with this podcast to do a podcast there. I've got it's that wonderful. one all arranged. And I, I'm excited about that because that's part of history I don't really know much about. So It's very worth visiting. I will say that. It's, it's a lot of rich history and it's very interesting. So I'm glad you were getting the opportunity to go visit. Cool. When you come back out, there's a little step up here and we'll go in what we call the barn. Okay. And we have antique 
autos and uh, buggies and horse-drawn stuff. Just a lot of homestead-type things, brooms, the old uh, brooms. Sweetwater had a broom factory. Oh, really? Yes, and they were the, some of the first to make the corn brooms like this. Okay. And as we walk through this area, we've got an old railroad luggage wagon with a bunch of different antiques on it. We have... Oh, yard. Uh, an yard. old steam engine that's model uh, steam engine. There's two of them here that are pretty good sized with the coal bins attached. They're probably six foot, seven foot long. One of them's in a glass case. We've got some old communication stuff like the old telephones and Morse code clickers. Uh, yes, I've been uh, doing just some lots and lots of old homestead type items. So kind of messy. There's right even now. a barbed wire display in here that has several different types of barbed wire. That's the way that, from what I understand, that they used to mark their properties was with their own special type of barbed wire, and then you would know where you were crossing or who you were seeing. Do you know much about the barbed wire displays? Very little. That's one of the things that I haven't looked into a whole lot. Okay. Our fire truck here is a 1926. Wow. It was Sweetwater's very first ladder truck. We're hoping to get it restored to use in parades and things. We also have it's not here today, but it's a 1928 Buick that was the grandson of Judge Raglan's. He owned oh, it. Wow. He owned a Buick dealership here in Sweetwater, so his grandson is having it restored for us right now. Okay. And so it's going to come back, and it's going to be able to be in car shows and parades and. How cool everything. is that? We're very sounds excited. like it sounds like Raglan's grandson is really involved in the museum. Yes. Is he still living here in Sweetwater? His great grandson that's having the Buick restored lives in Oklahoma. Okay. And that's where his business is, so he's sent for it and it's that's where it's at. It's in Oklahoma right now getting restored. Oh, that is so cool. We're excited. It's so cool that the family is still involved with the with the old house and with the museum. Yes. Wow. Okay. So we where have, do we go from here? So when you've seen everything that you want to in this back part, um, we go back up the ramp to the main house. Okay. Because we still have a basement to explore and the upstairs. Oh, wow. We have the old Model T truck here. Yes, that is way cool. You've got a sheep coming out of the wall. <laughs> yes. The back room here, it's um, right now... I have it roped off because our veterans, um, the VFW collapsed and all uh -oh. their things were being ruined. So we have it in storage for them temporarily to help okay. them out. We're trying to raise money for them. Then you've got a whole bunch of brands up here on the wall also for branding cattle. Okay, now we're going down some stairs, but this is not in the hidden staircase. This one here would have been the one that they used all the time, I'm assuming. Yes. Oh, wow. And we get down in here and we have a really nice arrowhead display. Really nice. You've got lots of arrowheads. So we have on the left side is the Montgomery collection and the right side is Grady George collection. They were all collected from 
Nolan County and the surrounding counties. And I've been told this isn't this is just a portion of what they have. They have really? way more than this. So we're we're lucky enough to have this. This is crazy. This is really, really cool. You've got I I don't even know how to describe this. You've got probably what three thousand arrowheads in here? Yes, easily. And what's the story with this piece this, of this is a piece of petrified wood? It's a mammoth tusk, a portion of a mammoth tusk. Oh, really? Um, they found, they were digging out by our Coliseum in the 60s, and they found two six-and-a-half-foot tusks, so this is just a portion of one. They found the shoulder, the teeth. They also found some camel bones, so they believe that was a watering hole there. Okay, and this has been encased in burlap and plaster? Yes. Just to help keep it preserved? Yes, so they did this in the 60s, and that was... We've never been able to have it redone since because just the cost. Wow. So it's still as is. And this is this is about a six foot or seven foot piece. This was a big tusk. It was. That is crazy. And you've got a mounted turkey, wild turkey. Or do you have a lot of wild turkeys we here? We do. We do. We have a lot of those. And here's another rattler, but it doesn't have the head. It's a seven foot. Seven foot without the head. Wow. And I won't ask where the head went. It probably was buried with a shovel. <laughs> probably so. Wow. Back here, we have a replica of Noah's Ark. The gentleman that made the movie and the book, The Ark of Noah, he was from Nolan County. His name was Bart LaRue. So this is what he built. Okay. He, he's the one that went across seas and did a lot of studies. So when he passed away, his family donated his replica. That's pretty cool that you've got that. This sounds like there was a lot of kind of famous people or things that happened in Nolan County. There was. We have a lightweight boxing champion, Lou Jenkins, was from here. A Washington Redskins football player, Sammy Ball, was from here. Um, one of the guys very well known for writing a lot of the country music that we love, he was from here. Who was so, that? Um, his name was Ray Porter. Ray Porter? Yes. Okay. So this right here is a work in progress. It was really full of stuff. Whenever I became the director here, we had boxes everywhere. So I spent a lot of time getting things to take upstairs and getting back on display. And so we're gonna kind of redo this room. But if you wanna take a look and kind of see the area that I was showing you from the hidden staircase. Okay. It's a little messy in here. Full of saddles. You've got several saddles in here. Yes. You've got... So this is that staircase oh. we were looking down from when okay. we were in the kitchen. And this so, is the embalming room. Yes. You can still wow. see the body lift right here. Right. And then the sink. And then this was an elevator. That's okay. how they got the bodies in and out. So, That's not really six foot wide, so they had to have stood them up to bring them down. <laughs> Maybe so. And then they actually dug this area out for all their supplies, embalming supplies. Wow. So. This, is, this is really interesting. So we still have a lot of stuff. Down it is here. kind of a dreary room. You could it almost is. think that it might be a, an embalming room. Well, and it was where Miss Raglan passed away, also. Oh and yeah. So just kind of. Yeah. That's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that just makes sense. Yeah. It was it was predestined to be an embalming room, right? Yes. <laughs> so once you see everything you want to. Down in the basement, we can go upstairs okay. on the second floor and take a look around. Okay. 
There is so much to see in here. This is a really cool county museum. We have a lot. We're just scratching the surface, this walkthrough we're doing today. Right. Just like any museum, you know, you, you hit the high points and then uh, hope you get to see it all. And then after the podcast, I usually spend a little bit of time going back and looking at some of the different things and catching up on other things that caught my eye that we maybe didn't talk about. Okay. Okay. So we get upstairs and there's a picture of a sea captain and a lady sitting in a chair. Who would those be? They, they were uh, the children of um, a man named Mr. Dozier. They moved to Sweetwater and started a cotton business. These were his children. They lived here. They rented rooms. Okay. After the Raglan children were grown, they were uh, like roomers or boarders. You know how they right. rent the rooms out? And these, So these kids were born in this house. They were born in this house, and then they boarded here later in life? Or? It was during the time that their mom and dad was boarded here. They were born. Oh, okay. Born okay. in this home. I got it. Okay. And then we look over here, and we see this is interesting. Yes. We have two ladies in a dress, mannequins in a dress. These dresses are have a super long train. Is that what they call that part? Yes, sir. And the one lady has this big uh, gemstone butterfly crown on her head. And I mean, it's a big butterfly. Is this a butterfly? I, I think it's a butterfly. Okay. I was going to say the wings look a little bit disjointed, so I was thinking, okay, we'll go with that. They are, they were both. Here's one of the ladies, Miss Page and Miss Sears on this side. They were the Miss Wool and Mohair Duchess of West Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Miss Wool and Mohair Duchess. Duchess. Yes. Uh, boy, how would you like to be crowned that? <laughs> Their families were, um, <laughs> were ranchers. <I'm> sorry. <laughs> it's okay. So their family were, they raised sheep. Uh, and imagine so they that. would have these big parades. Did they raise moles too to get the mole hair? They may have. <laughs> so these ladies won and they were in parades and everything. So you have to wonder how they felt about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. The Sears family, you can see Lance Sears as we come up. They're some of the ones that help fund the museum. And, and here so, I'm making fun of uh, <laughs> This is going to get me in a lot of trouble. So they, they put a lot into this museum. So These are very elaborate dresses. I shouldn't be laughing, but it's just... Being being named Miss Wool and Mohair. Yeah, lots of sequences, very wow. fancy. <laughs> it this is piece very is fancy. A, a bed. It actually folds out. It was made in 1885. Okay, and it looks like just kind of a, a umwa cabinet, but the bed folds down, and yes. it's probably a full size bed. Mm -hmm. Wow, it's got a nice mirror on it. I guess that's so you can see if there's goblins under your bed. <laughs> yes. So. Here we have one of the bedrooms, the this master bedroom really, on this side. This is really set up nicely. You've got a dollhouse, you've got a display case with lots of different old books. 
uh, storybooks that you would have been reading to the kids, Three Bears, Little Red Riding Hood. You've got some baby clothes in another display, some dolls, so the porcelain dolls, and a really nice bed with a headboard that's got some flowers painted on it. It's a very, very pretty uh, bed frame. Our goals for the house is to make it look more homey and less like a museum. It's inevitable. It's still going to have a little bit of the museum feel, but we do want it to look like a home. And it does look like a home. When you walk into the parlor at first, it, it's very homey. And then up here, the, the bedrooms are all set up really nicely. What is this machine? It's a dictaphone. Yes. Wow, that's the oldest dictaphone I've ever seen, I think. That is amazing. So this room, whenever it was a funeral home, they used as a living room. So it would have been the master bedrooms for the Raglan. But okay. then it was uh, their living room, and they used a room across there. We've got it blocked off, but they used it for a kitchen because there was already plumbing there. Okay. So they converted that to a little kitchen, and then they had their daughter's bedroom here. There's another bedroom and bathroom on this side. So. Wow. Yes. There is a bathroom? It, it, not anymore, but they did. They had a bathroom right there. Oh, we have okay. it for storage now. But, okay. So. That's a long way to go. To yes. And all of, your, all of your rooms have the uh, rail up that sits up about seven foot high. These are all really high ceilings, probably nine foot high ceilings, so that you can hang your pictures yes. off of the rail which I hadn't really even paid attention to or really knew about till probably five, six years ago when I was working in somebody's house and they had pictures hanging. Yeah. And they said, oh, well, that's what all those rails around the, the walls at seven or seven and a half foot tall were, was for hanging pictures yes. with a cable and a hook. Yes, and they have been very convenient for us because it's extremely hard to get metals through here. You usually have to screw anything in. Because it was plaster. Yes, it's yes. all plaster. Yes. So right down here, we have another bedroom. This is the hidden staircase that would have taken you down to the kitchen right here. Okay. And another narrow door, narrow staircase. That would and have been And it just looks like it would be a closet door yes. is all it would be. So you didn't want to go hang your coat up in the closet in the dark. <laughs> So you would have had a bathroom back here, and they had the sink out right. here. So we have another bedroom, and then the house does have a very large attic. We're not using it currently except for, but for storage, but you can kind of see the staircase here that leads up to it. Oh, yeah. Yep, another, it's not, a, again, a, not a real wide staircase that goes up, but here you have another headboard with a mirror. It, it, these are tall headboards, probably five foot tall. It's got a mirror and a couple of candles so that I guess you could have light when you didn't have electricity. Another display case with women's uh, shoes and some other things that you would probably find in a women's uh, bedroom. Uh, I'm assuming that's a pink dress. What Was that like a prom dress or a formal dress? Do you know? Or I believe it was a formal. Um, the, this would have been a wedding dress right. as well as this one. Um, we have lots to choose from, so we try to rotate them because we do have a lot of dresses. Okay. You got a really fancy pin cushion up yes. there, too. Wow. It's it's big. It's kind of shaped like a heart with a, like a camel heart, I guess, because it has a hump instead of a dip. <laughs> but it's got all kinds of embroidered uh, designs on it. It is really a cool-looking pin cushion. Have you ever seen a hair wreath? Yes, I have. Let's talk about hair wreaths. Here we go. We have one here. I love, okay, let me let me preface this a little bit. I love hair wreaths. Okay, good. I, they had a hair museum 
in Independence, Missouri. And I was traveling through Independence and I saw the museum on one of the sites I look at. And I went there thinking, what am I going to see at a hair museum? You know, I did just not, I'm not really not that interested. And when we were walking in, I said, you know, if this costs more than five bucks to go, I don't really care to go. So we get inside and I was blown away by hair wreaths. I mean, just, and they wanted 15 bucks a person to go see it. The wow. 15 bucks came out of my pocket so fast after looking at about 10 of them in this, in this area. And it has been one of my absolute favorite museums because of the history of these things. But at the same time, they closed it down during COVID and they're not reopening it, I don't Aww. think, which is really disappointing. She had probably five or 600 hair wreaths wow. along with all the history. And go ahead and tell me about this hair wreath. So this one, it was um, from made in 1906 to 1907. It won first place in the State Fair in Dallas, Texas in 1972. Wow. So it is hair from 114 different people representing five generations of the Fleming family. Okay. Do you know a lot about hair wreaths and their backgrounds? I know very little. How about if I tell you a story? I would love you to. <laughs> because I am so fascinated <laughs> and I am so disappointed I'm never going to get the hair museum. Uh, it, it, it Back... Before they had photographs and stuff, they used these hair wreaths for genealogy. That was the way that they that they kept remembrance of the people that were in their family. So some of these hair wreaths, from what I understand, went for generations. The latest person to die would get another flower or some sort of acorn or, or something made, and they would put it in the center. Then when the next person would die, they would bring that out into the outer wreath. This wreath is really nice. It's huge. Uh, we're probably talking about a two-foot high wreath that's probably 18 inches wide. It looks like a horseshoe. It's not combined at the top. With the hair, they were able to make flowers, uh, leaf petals, acorns, uh, bees. I mean, just absolutely everything. And they are so intricate, and they're all done with hair. And to think that you could take a clump of hair and be able to make something like this is just phenomenal. But some of the things that we saw at the hair wreath, they, ha they would have a genealogy down the middle that would have the names of the people for like a hundred years and, and all of their hairs and where they were located. And that's the way that they kept the remembrance of, of people in their families. Uh, they also did a lot with hair for braiding uh, bracelets, necklaces, watch uh, bands, headbands, and some of that kind of stuff because back in the 16, 17, 1800s, when the man would go out to sea or would go out to battle or whatever else, they would take those hair objects with them and they would have a piece of their wife or a piece of their family for remembrance. The whole hair thing is just like, I get excited about it because it just blows my mind. It's fascinating. <laughs> and, and the intricacy, like I said, of, of these designs is, is just phenomenal. If you haven't ever seen a he, he, hair wreath, uh, get on Google, look up hair wreaths because it'll, it's, it's just amazing that somebody has the time to weave and, and mold hair. And I don't know if they, they didn't have hairspray then. I don't know what they did to make them hold their design. I don't know. 
So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You would have to have been skilled to be able to do the designs they have. Definitely. Well, thank you for showing that to me. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it. Most sorry to, sorry to get so excited. <laughs> you know, people do. When I posted pictures on Facebook after I went to that museum, people are saying, how eerie is that? How gross? And I'm going, no, this is fascinating. That's a typical response that I get. So it was nice to have someone that actually was interested. So. Yeah. So we have seen the layout of the museum. Okay. And... Is there anything else that you want to tell me, backstories or anything else? I think we've kind of covered everything. I think we have. Uh, we do host haunted tours. Oh, do you? During the summer, and it's a big hit with the young people. So it's a fun way to get young people interested in coming. Right. Um, so they come, and they do it, and then they want to come back. And so it's, it's a lot of fun for them. Cool. Okay. And you guys have a website here? We have a Facebook and okay. a website. Um, it's Pioneer City County Museum. You can follow our page, and we have events all through the year. And Cool. Well, this has been so much fun, and I so appreciate you taking your time today. We just stopped by to look at the museum. Uh, I, county museums are one of those that sometimes they turn out really good, sometimes they don't. So I don't always hit county museums with intentions of doing a podcast. Yeah. This one here, when I first met you, uh, you were so energetic, enthusiastic, and I'm going, yeah, let's do the podcast. Thank you. I'm so and glad And I appreciate you, did. you doing it spontaneously and, and uh, on the fly. You did a great job. Thank you. And as I always say, the world is full of wonder. People need to get out and explore. Yes. Come to Sweetwater and chase a rattlesnake. <laughs> uh, second week in, in March. And everybody have... An absolutely wonder-filled day. All the rolling go, where am I to go? Meet Johnny, where am I to go? For I'm a young and a sailor lad, and where am I to go?